We are excited to be with you on this evening. God is doing great things whereof we are glad. I am happy. I am happy and I'm not referring. Thank you so much, Mom Phyllis. I am happy and I'm not. I am not again referring to this past election. Yes, I know that we are all overjoyed. Um, some may not be, but listen, you're going to you're going to hear that enough. What I am excited about right now is the fact that God is seeing fit right now to redirect us. There is something that God is trying to tell us. And there is something that he's trying to tell us like right now, right now in the very heat of what could be, um, you know, presumed a battle past. But I want you to know that we are only, we have only just begun only just begun to the remnant. You know what I'm referring to. We have only just begun. See there, there comes a time when God requires of us that we focus, that we zero in no matter what is going on around us. See, because he raised us up. Ephesians two, six and seven tells us to sit in a heavenly seat and heavenly realms. It says in the new international version. And, and, and it's just that so that, you know, he can show us the incomparable riches of his grace of his expressed kindness to us through Christ Jesus, but it depends on us staying seated. We must stay seated. We must stay seated. Revelations three and eight says that, you know, he's telling the church at Philadelphia that I know your works, but I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. But the ability to walk through that open door depends on us being able to see it. It depends on us being able to see it. And what God would have me to talk to you about today is simply, I can see my way out. I can see my way out. And again, let's leave the election and everything that's going in the world, leave that behind. See, because right now where God has us, it is in a place where he is trying to show us regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances, there is a door prepared for us, but we will not recognize it if we are not disciplined enough to see the way out, to see the next as it were. And I can talk a little bit more about that, but it's, it's a matter of, of seeing past what is in the natural what is in the natural and to see what is beyond the natural. We require actual vision first. Uh, let's go to second Corinthians four. Let's start there. Second Corinthians four. Let's start there where it says in verse four, therefore seeing stop. Therefore seeing we have this ministry to understand that you have the ministry, no matter what happened, what, no matter what's going on around you to understand that you have that ministry, have the ministry that God birthed you with. You must be able to first see first See, therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. See, seeing in this particular context, if you can't see in this particular context, you will miss that you have 
a ministry. You will miss that you have mercy. Therefore, you will faint. Why? Because you cannot see. And we're talking about just the basics. We're talking about just simply seeing as God has called us to see. Now, remember, I started out and I said that God raised us up to sit with him, Ephesians 2, in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, so that in the coming ages, meaning so that what is to come, what is to come that he can show us so that he can show us in what is to come, the incomparable riches of his grace, his expressed kindness to us. That is in Christ Jesus. So we must be able to maintain and stay in our seat because in our seat and heavenly realms, that's where God shows us what's to come. That's where God shows us what to come. That's where God shows us his riches of his grace. That's where God shows us his expressed kindness that are in to us that are in Christ Jesus. We must be in Christ Jesus, but to be in Christ Jesus, we must be seated. We must accept our seat in him, our seat in him. See, the world is it can sometimes be a distraction. The activities of the world can sometimes be a distraction. They can cause us to miss what God is saying by drawing our attention to our left, to our right. As the word of God tells us, Paul says, I'm not looking to my left and I'm not looking to my right, but my eyes are fixed like a flint on the promises of God. See, the world can be that distraction that will cause us to look to the left and cause us to look to the right. That will cause us to get up from our seat that is in heavenly realms and cause us to miss what is coming, what God is trying to show us that is coming, that is coming. See, uh, when we, when we think about the world system and we think about all the distractions, the distractions entail things that have manifested. We can actually see it not only with our spiritual eye, but with our natural eye, we can see it, but see to understand what is coming and to see what is coming in the coming ages that requires, that requires that we are able to see beyond what is in the natural to see beyond what is in the natural. See, because if we can get ourselves, discipline ourselves to maintain our seat, to maintain our seat and to maintain our seer, we can see God will allow us. He said, I will give you the, and what's happening in the coming ages. In other words, I will expand your territory. I will expand your, your view so that now you're no longer seeing, but you're actually walking in vision. You're walking in purpose. You're walking in purpose. And when you're walking in purpose, you are focus. Nothing can move you to look to the left or to the right. See, a lot has happened over the past few years in the world. In the world, a lot has happened. And what has happened to us as Christians, we have missed. We have missed what God was trying to show us from that was coming in the coming ages. See, in order to see what is coming in the coming ages, not only do we have to be seated with God in heavenly realms, but we, we, God's chosen people, we, again, God's chosen people have to choose, have to choose to allow God, allow God to show us, 
But for him to show us our way of allowing him to show us is the discipline we exhibit when we stay seated in the heavenly realm. It's, it's, it, the Bible tells us that the only way, the only way it says is that we are raised up with Christ and that we agree with him, that he's raised us up to sit, sit in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus so that he can show us what's to come, what's to come. But what's happening today is our, the hearts of the people of God are feigning. Why? Because they won't stay seated. They won't stay seated. And because they won't stay seated, they don't see second Corinthians four, where it says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we faint, we have mercy and we faint not. So they don't see the ministry. They don't receive the mercy. Hence they faint. Hence they faint. It comes a time. There comes a time where we have to understand that if, I mean, let's think about it in the natural. If everything is telling me, look to the left, if everything in the world is telling me to look to the left, the first thing I do is look to the right. See, because God is to the right. So if, if everything is telling me to look through the, look to the left, I know you're trying to distract me. I know that you're trying to keep my eyes. The enemy is trying to keep my eyes away from what God would show me about what is to come. See, because if I can understand what is to come, I can focus in not only on purpose, but I can focus in on my ministry. And if I can focus on ministry, I can receive mercy. If I can receive mercy, I won't faint. And what we have today is a world that is fainting. Yes, there's a lot of hoopla about what is going on in our government, but stop looking at that. That is to the left. I am, I am positive. You've heard many messages on this past weekend of what is happening to the left of you. And God is saying, turn to the right of you so that you, which is my right, your left, which is so that you can, so that I can tell you of things to come. I can tell you of things to come. The things that you can see with the natural eye will be there tomorrow to see with your natural eye. But the things that God has to show us about what is to come are things that we, the remnant understand that will cause us to comprehend our rebuilding purpose that will cause us to comprehend our and position us in ministry. It will cause us to be positioned in ministry, allowing God, allowing God as we're seated in our seat in heavenly places right next to him will allow him to explain to us things to come, things to come. See, distraction is very easy. See, remember, we live in this world, but we are not of this world. So our priorities are the things that are God is speaking, that the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ is teaching. That's our priority. Our priority is not what's happening in the world. It is the, it is the understanding that Jesus Christ can give us of what is to come that will help us to die, to, to under, to better understand and to better, um, to better basically minister and to be able to walk and what God has called us in while we walk in this world and sit in our heavenly seat in our heavenly seat. It, there comes a time when it's a, it's a, um, disciplined approach. It is a disciplined approach to stay seated. It is a disciplined approach. There is a disciplined approach that God is calling us to when we are, when we are bombarded with the, with things that are happening in the world. It is a conscious decision 
that is required when we are bombarded with the things of the world. But again, I'm talking to the remnant. I'm talking to the remnant. And in speaking to the remnant, we understand that we are the rebuilders. We are the rebuilders. And to understand what is needed to be rebuilt, we must allow Christ We must allow him to unveil to us that which is to come that, that so that we understand what it is that we are to rebuild because we will not rebuild everything. We will not rebuild everything. No, we won't because everything is not of God. Everything is not of God. Some things are of the enemy and we cannot allow the enemy to trick us, to manipulate us into rebuilding his kingdom or portions of his kingdom. This is why we must stay seated in our heavenly place. And this is why we must focus, not looking to the left, not looking to the right, but fixing our eyes on the promises of God, which is the one of the promises. We have the promise of the heavenly seat. We have that promise where he can explain to us what is to come. Go to Ezra in one, go to Ezra in one. Cause I want to encourage you on this evening. I want to encourage leaders leadership this evening. I want to encourage you in the rebuilding process. I want to encourage you Again, I'm going to keep saying this. We are not referring to today's government and the decisions that have been made. I am taking you from your focus over here to your focus on the things of God. You are missing what God is trying to instruct you in in this season because the enemy has you looking over here at everything that is going on in the world. He's got you caught up into the hype of what is going on in the world. But you are a spiritual heavenly being. You live in a fleshly body in this world, but you are not you are not, uh, you are not, you are not of this world. You are only in this world, only in this world. Ezra one says in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the process, the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout his kingdom. This is what the King of Persia says. This is what he told them. The Lord, the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Verse three, and of you who are his people, if you're his people, you may go to Jerusalem and rebuild this temple of the Lord, the God of Israel who lives in Jerusalem and may your God be with you. Verse four says, wherever this Jewish remnant is found, where Wherever you're found, wherever you're found, let their neighbors contribute toward their expenses, contribute toward their expenses by giving them silver and gold supplies for the journey and livestock, as well as voluntary offering for the temple of God in Jerusalem. This is encouragement for the remnant, the builders. You don't have to worry about how you're going to build. You don't have to be concerned with what you're going to rebuild with the finances that you require, the, 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 the tools that you require, the materials that you will require because they will be given to you. Your neighbors will contribute to you. They will give you the silver, the gold, the livestock, and, and on top of that, 
offerings for the temple. So to the remnant, I'm saying to you, no worries. No worries for the rebuilding of the house of God. When you have made that decision that you indeed are the remnant and you are part of those that will rebuild, provision has already been made. Provision has already been made. Put that in the chat. My provision has already been made made. Verse five says, then God stirred the hearts of the priests and the Levites and the leaders of the tribe of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Go and rebuild the temple of of the Lord. And see, when he stirred these tribes, we're talking about out of the 12 tribes, we are talking about Judah and Benjamin. So, you know, let me, let me, let me just back this up a little bit because there are only two tribes out of the 12 that God called to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Now remember, there were 12. There was the tribe of Reuben. There was the tribe of Simeon. There was the tribe of Levi. Along with Judah, there was the tribe of Dan. There was the tribe of Naphtali. There was the tribe of Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun. There was the tribe of Joseph. And again, the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin. And see, there's a lot that we have forgotten as far as how it came to be that now we have only the two tribes, only the two tribes. See, we have to remember that there was a time there was a time when Israel was captured by the Assyrians and the Assyrians, they pretty much dismantled 10 of the tribes, 10 of the tribes. And then Bab and then after, after 10 of the tribes were no longer after the 10 tribes were no longer Jew, that's when Babylon came in and Babylon came when Babylon came in and I'm giving you this history for a reason. When Babylon came in, Judah at the time had been a province made a province of, uh, I believe it was Assyria. And when they were made this province province of Assyria and Babylon came in, Babylon took over Babylon took over over. So when Babylon took over, here we have now that captivity. And then we have left over Judah and Benjamin. And see, here's the thing. This is where I want to encourage leadership. Reuben, they were a tribe where it says um, Leah, although Reuben was Jacob's firstborn son, he had lost his privileges and the tribe was given over to obscurity. Then you have Simeon and that was a tribe that was scattered in Israel. Then you have Dan and that tribe was a leading tribe. They were shrewd and they were clever. Then you have the tribe of Naphtali and that tribe was to be free and prosperous. And then you have the tribe of Gad. Gad, that tribe, they were more of a victim of the invaders. Even though they ultimately triumphed, they lived, a, they were a victim. Then you have the tribe of Asher and Asher, that tribe would enjoy the prosperity and blessings of God. Then you have the tribe of Issachar. Issachar was a tribe that worked in agriculture. And then you have Zebulun, and that was a tribe that kind of settled in the coastal regions of trade. And then you have the tribe of Joseph. They were numerous, many of them, and they were blessed above others and they received spiritual prosperity. But the only two tribes that were left after the Babylonian captivity were Benjamin and Judah. And see the other 10 tribes, they weren't there when Cyrus made this decree towards freedom. They were not there. And see the Benjamin tribe, they were considered adventurous and they were considered warlike. 
and the Judah tribe, they were ones that were to increase in strength. They had the right to rule. So we're looking at the two tribes that were left. One had the right to rule and the others were warlike. The other one, Benjamin, was warlike. So you're talking about 10 tribes that were no more and two that were left. And the 10 that were no more, they were not there when Cyrus made that decree for freedom. What am I saying to you? I am saying to you that there are many that will not go to rebuild simply because they are unable to hear, to hear the word of go the word of rebuild. They are unable to hear that. They were unable to catch that. And because they were unable to hear that, they were not there. We have only Benjamin and Judah. So ben, again, Judah increased in strength and Benjamin were adventurous and warlike. So to my leadership, be encouraged. You will have what you need to rebuild. You will have what you need to rebuild. You will have a people that have the right to rule. You will have a people that will fight. You will have a Judah. You will have a Benjamin. You have no need to fear. You will not be alone in this rebuilding process. You again will not be alone in this rebuilding process. You have no need to fear. And furthermore, another word for you, Ezra 2 tells us who returned. They tell us who returned. And they said that um, verse 2, it says Zerubbabel returned. Zerubbabel was a governor. Jeshua returned. Jeshua was a priest. Nehemiah returned. He was the king's cupbearer. He had the gift of administration. He supervised the rebuilding, right? And then verse three tells us that the descendants of Jeshua and Joab returned. The descendants of Hezekiah returned. And then they say that the family of Jedediah returned and uh, the descendants of Hodaviah returned. Temple servants returned. The descendants of King Solomon returned in 2 and 55. So that meant wisdom returned. Wisdom returned. So to my leaders, I want you to be encouraged. You will not be without during the rebuilding process. God has promised that you will have everything that you need. You will have those that have the right to rule. You will have those that will fight. You will have governors. You will have priests. You will have administration. You will have those that are able to supervise the rebuilding. You will have the priests. You will have the Levites. You will have everything everything that you need, every single thing, because in Ezra, it tells us in verse six that all the neighbors, so no one, no one will be without the remnant will have the neighbors that will give them, their neighbors will give them articles of silver and gold supplies for the journey. They're going to give you livestock. They're going to, so you will eat. You will have more than enough. You will have valuable gifts. In addition to the value, to the voluntary offerings, verse six tells us. And then it even says to the, to the leaders that King Cyrus himself, he bought, 
brought out the articles that King Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the Lord's temple and had placed them in the temple of his own God. And he even directed his treasurer to present them to um, Sheshbazzar, the leader of the exiles. I mean, when they talk about the list that was given to leadership, they had 30 silver bells. Uh, basins, 1,000 uh, silver incense burners. They had gold bowls, silver bowls, other items. They had 5,400 articles of gold and silver. They had more than what they needed. So to, to the rebuilders, the people, no worries. You will have everything you need to rebuild to leadership the kings are preparing now kings kings leadership all over the world kings are preparing now to sow into you everything that you need to rebuild you will have more than enough there will be supply not only for the journey but there will be supply for the work there is only but one requirement to walking through the open door there is only one requirement to finishing the work and that is the ability to see the ability to listen the ability to allow god to give you the vision to give you the purpose to paint the picture for you of what will what is to come of what is to come see when i say that i can see my way out what i am saying to you all is we can see our way out of poverty see we can see our way out of sickness we can see our way out of bondage but we must know our position we must know our work we must know our rebuilding efforts we must understand that we have the money to rebuild we must understand that we have the freedom to rebuild we have to understand that we have the supplies to rebuild i only need to see my way out i only need to walk through my open door. See, on the other side awaits my work. On the other side awaits my purpose. On the other side awaits my station. On the other side awaits my vision. Right now, most have sight, but it's limited to what is in front of, front of them. Sight is limited to what is in front of you. Sight only allows you to see what has been formed. But as people of God, I am reminding you to stay in your heavenly seat because that is where God will show you what is to come. That is how you can see your ministry. You can receive your mercy and you will not faint you will not give up you will not forfeit see sight only allows you to see the naysayers that want to kill you sight only allows you to see the friends who seek to destroy your name that sight is only showing you what has already manifested in front of you but to see what god has you to see to get clarity on what is to come you must stay seated you must stay seated see because when you say when you stay seated you get access to god's eye when you stay seated you are now looking through god's eye when you stay seated it is clear what has not yet manifested you can see in living color that which not has manif that which has not yet manifested See, when you stay in your seat, you are clear that your Redeemer, he does live. You are clear. 
when you stay in your seat, you are clear that you are the head and not the tail. When you stay seated, when you stay seated, you understand that you have provision. Therefore, you are not the lender. You are not the borrower, but the lender. When you stay seated, you understand that God is the lifter of your head. When you stay seated, you understand that all of your needs, God not only supplies, but he continues to supply. When you stay seated, you understand you have a hope that's not built on anything, but Jesus's blood. You understand when you stay seated, when you stay seated that the name of Jesus, it is a strong tower that you can run into and you're safe. When you stay seated, you understand that God, he is indeed your refuge. He's a present help in time of trouble. When the enemy, when he attempts to come in like a flood before he can even get the victory, the Lord, our God, the Lord, our God, he raises up the standard. You understand when you stay seated that the blood of Jesus, it does prevail. It prevails and you can see your way out. I can see my way out. See, you don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to fear because you understand when you're seated that God has already ordered your steps. You understand that he's already made your path way clear and you understand you understand you can comprehend God's vision you can comprehend God's eyes and once you can see through God's ear God's eyes you can now hear him and once you can hear him you can perform the work that he sets before you and if you can perform the work that God sets before you it is no contest to understand and to believe God. Say, I believe God because we believe God. We trust in God. All of our hope is in God. We lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, we acknowledge him because we understand he directs our steps. He directs our path and we see our pathway clear. We see our pathway clear. We don't have to hesitate in our footsteps because we see our path in living color. We see every brick. We see the light shining through the trees. We see every leaf. We see clearly. We see clearly. But to see clearly, we have to stay seated. We cannot get distracted with the world and the world system. And I'm saying this, good news, bad news, indifferent. Do not get distracted with the world system and what's going on with the world system. God is trying to get your ear. God is trying to get your attention. He wants to share with you what is to come. He wants to share with you what is to come. He wants you to comprehend that you do indeed have this ministry. He wants to settle you in the confidence of his strength that you do have this ministry. You have everything you need to perform it. You have everything you need to rebuild. You have everything you need to receive his mercy. You have everything you need to not faint. You have everything you need to renounce this honesty. You have everything you need to cast out craftiness. You have everything you need to cast down the deceitful words of those that handle God deceitfully. You have everything you need to manifest truth. You, yes, you, you have everything you need. My encouragement today is to not only the people of God, but to the leaders, those that lead us, you have everything you need. You don't have to beg nobody for nothing. You don't have to beg them for money. You don't have to beg them for attention. You don't have to beg them for empathy. You don't have to beg them for nothing. You don't have to beg them for tools to rebuild. You don't have to beg them for supplies to rebuild. Stop settling. 
Stop settling for people who want to show up in your life every now and then and drop a coin here and there. Stop settling. Stop settling and stay seated in your heavenly place. Stay seated where God can show you that which is to come. So you have no need, no longer you will understand to doubt, to doubt because provision has already been made for you. Ways have already been made for you. Doors have already been made opened for you that no no man, no man, no person, no one will be able to shut in this season. Not even, not even the enemy. Be clear, not even the enemy can shut these doors. Not even the enemy. The enemy doesn't have access to these doors. He can't even see these doors because he's not seated with you in heavenly places with God. God is showing you what is to come. This is a one-on-one -on -one conversation between you and God. This is a one-on-one -on -one conversation where God wants to explain only to you, only to you, what is to come, what is to come. So to my remnant, you don't have to back down. Your way has already been made. You only have to walk in it. You only have to move forward. You only have to stay in your seat. To my leaders, to the lead, to those that lead us, everything you need, God has already provided. Provision is being made from you for from kings. Provision is coming to you from kings. Provision is coming to you from kings you know not. And they're going to come to you and say, God has told me to sow into you the silver, the gold. And they're going to be instructing their treasurers to give into your bosom. You don't have to. You don't have to beg no one to help you rebuild. Do you hear me? I don't. Come on, put it in there. I don't have to beg for nothing. I don't have to beg for nothing because I am seated. I am seated in heavenly places and God is doing, he's, he's giving me, he's giving me the wisdom, the wisdom of what is to come. He's giving me the wisdom of the doors that have been opened for me that I only have to walk through. He's giving me the wisdom to rebuild, the wisdom how to work the tools, the wisdom of how to build, the wisdom of how to maneuver the, the supplies in the wood, the wisdom for the journey. Everything I need, it's even for me in the journey. Everything I need, I don't have to worry about supplies. I've got plenty of food. I've got shelter. I've got the finances I need. Everything I need is at my seat, at my seat where God is going to, where God is going to share with me that which is to come. I am solidified in my seat. Stay in your seat because in your seat, you can see your way out. You can see your way out. No matter what comes up against you, you will be able to see your way out. No matter the circumstances that come after today, the day after, if you're seated, you can see your way out. You can see your provision. You can see your supplies. You can see it. You can see it. You can see it. Come on. I can see my way out. I see my way out. I see my way out. Come on, put it in the chat. I see my way out. I have more than enough. Everything I need, my God has provided. He's already provided. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Come on, let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today. 
I thank you today, God, that you, God, have seated us in heavenly places and you've seated us there so that you can show us that which is to come, so that you can share with us, God, that which is to come, so that you can walk us through that which is to come, so that you can walk us through rebuilding, so that you can show us in color our pathway, God, our directed footsteps, God, so that you can show us, God, that which you have for us. You have cleansed us, oh God, of filthiness of the spirit, filthiness of the flesh, and you are causing us to walk worthy of the vocation wherein we are called. You are causing us, oh God, to see our ministry, to receive your mercy, to fear not, oh God, and we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. You have promised never to forsake us. You have promised never to leave us, and you you, sir, are a man of your word. You are a God that had that does not have to repent because you, God, have been a man of your word. And we seek today, God, to be men and women of our word. We seek today, God, to be disciplined, disciplined men and women to stay seated so that you can expose to us that which is to come. We choose Choose God not to be distracted. We won't look to our left or to our right, but we're going to fix our eyes like a flint on your promises. We're going to fix our eyes on your ways. We're going to fix our eyes on your instructions. We're going to serve you with our whole mind. We're going to serve you with our whole heart. And we will not allow this world to deter us, to distract us from your ways for us, from our guided footsteps, from the guided foot, from your guided footsteps for us, God. We, God, submit to your way, to your will, to your purpose. And I call on ministering angels to go out and encourage the true leaders of God, that they would give them an understanding of their provision, give them an understanding of the way that they must walk, show them what is to come. I call for encouraging angels to go out and minister to the rebuilders of the things of God. Show them and live in color that which you have for them. Show them, oh God, that which you, you have set aside for them. The, the finances, the wealth you have set aside. We have no need to worry. We have no need to faint because you, God, have now opened up the windows of heaven and you have poured out blessings that we don't even have room to receive. We are tripping over our wealth. We are tripping over the needs being supplied. We are tripping over the supply, the building supplies. We are tripping over the offerings for the tabernacle. We are tripping over the, the giving for the journey. We are tripping over the things that you have for us. God, you have been a man of your word. You lie not. You lie not. You have no need, God, to repent. We, oh God, stand in subjection to you and we humbly take our seat and we humbly listen. Listen, oh God, for your instruction, your instruction for our path forward. We sit, God, and we sit as you open up the window and you up, open up the screen and you show us, you show us, God, that which is to come. Show us that which is to come. Enlarge our territory. Give us wisdom in this stewardship for the wealth, the wealth that has now fallen into our laps and around our feet and up to our shoulders and up to our necks and up, up, out, up out of our mouths. God, we thank you. We thank you for your provision to rebuild. We thank you for your provision to rebuild. We thank you for the vision to rebuild. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. 
We give you honor. We give you honor. We lift our neck. We uh, we raise our face up above the wealth that's at our chin. And we give you honor. We give you glory. We magnify you. We call you most high. We call you most high. For you are a God that provided for us when we had nothing. You woke us up out of our stupor when we were gone astray. You rescued us. So now we lift our head and our hands through our wealth. We lift our chin and let it rest on our wealth. We let it rest on the provision for the journey, the provision to rebuild the supplies. And we thank you and we give you glory and we give you all honor and we give you all praise. We bless your holy name, God. We bless your holy name, God. We bless your holy name, God. And we thank you. I admonish you today to visit my website, www wmarieelizabeth.org and uh, there you will find materials for your growth. Um, I encourage you to meet me on Mondays at 7 p.m. right here um, at um, uh, on social media and I thank you so much. If you'd like to sow into this ministry, if this word has blessed you, please go to um, my cash app, go to my PayPal. And, um, I ask you to just let God, I'm not going to tell you an amount. I'm going to tell you, let God tell you what to sow from your wealth, from your wealth, uh huh, from your wealth, what to choose from your wealth to bless this woman of God. And I will bless my leadership as I do. And I thank you all so much for your time. I give God glory and I thank you for joining me today. Everyone have a good evening. Thank you all for joining. Thank you. Thank you, big brother. Thank you for joining.